Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A portion of God's word for our instruction in this thought of great faith is taken from our gospel reading. You've already heard it read in its entirety, Matthew 8, 5 to 13. What I'd like to do is just read kind of a condensed version of the, the sections where the centurion and Jesus are interacting. So, begin with verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Faith builders. You too, yes, Chris, you too can have a great faith. Interesting, the Holy Spirit inspired two accounts of this uh, same incident. And the other one is, is maybe a little bit bigger. So um, the Matthew account I call is the Reader's Digest version of Luke 7, 1 to 10. Listen for some things that seem a little different and give us understanding exactly what went on. It goes like this. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion servant, whose master, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. Turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Faith builders, you too can have great faith. One that knows who to ask. Who do you ask when you have a problem, a difficulty, a situation? Well, when you were little, you probably asked your mom or dad. Some of you probably still do today. I often do. But if you grow up and move away from mom and dad, who do you ask? Well, there are some people I ask. It's you. 
Because so many of you know how to do things that I don't have a clue, and I, I trust you. So knowing who to ask is really important. Of course, the ultimate one to ask is, is better than Angie's List or the Better Business Bureau is Jesus. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Luke adds, he had heard of Jesus and sent elders. It doesn't seem that the centurion knew Jesus personally, which isn't too surprising. What is surprising, at least to me, is how he heard about Jesus. He seems to have heard about Jesus from Jewish elders, probably in the synagogue there, their church school. Now, why is that surprising? Well, a centurion is a Roman who is, uh, has a hundred soldiers under him, and their whole role was to keep the people under submission. Yet, this centurion, they said, is one who cares about them. Now, it's interesting that all the centurions that are mentioned in the New Testament are shown in good light. Uh, one in particular that comes to my mind, the centurion that was in charge of the crucifixion of Jesus, did a good job, you know, got him nailed to that cross. But when he observed everything that went on, what did he say? Truly, surely, this was the Son of God. Now, the, the Jewish elders would know about Jesus. He had already started doing miracles, and Capernaum was his headquarters in Galilee. In fact, one of his disciples, Peter, had a house there. So it was these Jewish leaders that the centurion asked to go represent him before Jesus. Faith builders, you too can have great faith that knows who to ask. Well, ask the miracle over Jesus. But it's also important how you ask. The centurion servant, undoubtedly Jewish, seemingly younger, was suffering terribly and about to die. Most likely all the, the medical resources that they had at hand couldn't help. So he asks then, in such a situation, well, Jesus, of course. And the same is, is true today. Yes, we have more advanced medical techniques, right? And we use them to the best of their ability when they're available. But do we ever forget to go to the one who can and does work through and make those medical devices and techniques actually work? And do we go to the one who can and still does work miraculously? Do we share what we know about Jesus and, and, and how wonderful he is with the people that are around us? Like the elders, obviously, Jewish elders shared that truth with the centurion. I mean, our Savior who heals sin-sick bodies... He's still at work today. You know that. 
Do you tell others about that? Other needy souls? That you know one who can rescue from sin and Satan and cure colds and cancer? You know, if not, then maybe there's some reasons for repentance. Indeed, for us, it is also important to know how to ask. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Come to Jesus, like the centurion, not telling him what to do, but recognizing who he is. He is our Lord and Master, and the Master of every situation. So important to no one's place. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion knew his place. Oh, he was an important man, powerful in many areas, but not here. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Luke adds, why, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. How good are you at remembering your place? Have you tried to boss Jesus around lately? Telling him, you know, what he should do to that person who is mean to you? Have you commanded to get rid of some problem, some disease? Do you remember that we also are all non-Jewish Gentiles? Maybe you are a person that has a good deal of earthly power, money. Perhaps you do a lot to keep this church going. Then do you ever think that perhaps you have an in with Jesus? And like the angel should, should talk to Jesus and say, uh, this man, this woman deserves to have you do this? Hasn't the revelation come to your heart? Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. Perhaps another time for a reflection and repentance. Faith builders, you too can have a great faith that knows who to ask, how to ask, and great faith then that trusts that Jesus will take care of it. Listen how the centurion acknowledges Jesus' power and compassion. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Most of us have authority in some area, be it big or small. Perhaps you have some authority in, in a major business or a church or a school or authority within your family or at least with your pet. And what you say goes then, right? And if it doesn't go, something happens. The centurion knew he was out of his league here. And he acknowledged that. He acknowledged that to the Jewish leaders to the Jewish people, 
He acknowledged that to the people that were listening to Jesus, to Jesus' very own disciples. To him, Jesus was the man. Undoubtedly the top authority. Somehow he had come to believe that Jesus can do anything. And he was seeking help from that man. Pretty amazing, right? For anyone to admit, especially someone in authority. I wonder what his superiors would think about it if they heard him talk about Jesus in this way. You know, see someone's you know more authority than, than Caesar himself? Or the hundred soldiers that surely heard him talk about this and showed the acts and he showed to them the actions that he believed what he said. Does anybody ever wonder about you? When you say and show that you acknowledge Jesus' power and compassion is superior to anyone else? Or are we like that young Christian boy who went away to summer camp, you know, one of these non-religious summer camps? And the mother was kind of worried because she had heard that sometimes, you know, if you talk about Jesus, people pick on you in, in a place like that. She prayed for him, and when he got back home, she, she asked him, well, how did camp go? Did anybody tease you or, or pick on you because you're a Christian? She said, Mom, Mom, everything was fine. No one picked on me. I never, never let anybody know I was a Christian. To the people that you work with, your neighbors, people you associate with, do they know you are a Christian? And that you trust in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? You know, the centurion was willing to say it, to show it, to share it, and count on it. How willing are we? To say it and show it and share it and count on it. Perhaps another time for repentance. Faith builders, you too can have a great faith that trusts that Jesus will take care of it no matter what the it is. For the centurion, Jesus' words were as good as gold, and actually better. Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. That's some faith. Just say the word. You don't have to come and lay your hands on him or pour oil on him. You don't have to spit or put mud in on him. Or, or they, he doesn't have to touch your, your cloak. Just say the word. No matter where you are, in the, not even your, if you're not even in the proximity, just say the word. And I believe that what you say will happen. That my servant who I care so much about will be healed to say the word. Now that is what I would call to trust in Jesus to the max. And Jesus said the same thing, didn't he? When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, 
Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Wow. Wouldn't you love to have a faith that Jesus would be amazed at? Control yourself now. And understand this correctly. I believe you have such a great faith. Now, not because of anything you have done, but because of what Christ and the Holy Spirit has done for you. You have been given a faith that believes Jesus once walked this earth. And not a single one of you ever saw it with your eyes. You believe that some of you who don't remember when you came to faith because you had water applied to you in the name of the triune God, that faith was created in your heart in that day. But those of you who were baptized later, your faith was strengthened. Just hearsay, some people might tell you. Just because written in a book? Yes, right? No, it was just written in a book. What book? The Bible. That's great faith. You have faith that believes that everything written in that book, that Bible, is true. And it has God's promise. That's great faith. And you believe the kinds of things that book tells you. You believe that Jesus, not one single time in his life, ever said a, a sinful word or had a sinful thought or carried out a sinful action. Someone's perfect, and you know it's not any of us. You believe it's Jesus. That's great faith. Great faith worked by the Holy Spirit, given to you, preserved in you, and strengthened in you. Do you believe that Jesus still can work miracles? And probably the greatest miracle ever was that he allowed himself to be nailed to a cross, and there suffered an eternity of punishment for you and me and everyone else. Why? Because he loved us. He loved you so dearly. And because of Jesus' life lived for us and death died for us, you firmly believe that your sins have been paid for. You're forgiven and heaven awaits. Come on, that's great faith. You believe, as many of you are going to do or come forth, either stand at that line or kneel up here, and believe that what the pastors give you that sure looks a lot and tastes a lot like bread and wine is actually Christ's true body and blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. How could you believe such a thing? Because you have Jesus' word on it. He said, this is my body. This is my blood given for you, shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. That's great faith. You pray to this exact same Jesus, right? Even though we admit we are not worthy to have him come into our homes, to come to our business, to be in his house, 
You pray to him for guidance in small things and large. You pray before you eat, asking him to bless this food. Okay, in McDonald's, maybe we say it a little quietly, but, you know, we still, we still pray. Those of you who travel the, these roads of San Jose, don't you pray that God protects you and keeps you? And especially pray hard if it's your son or daughter that's driving. Right? And you're confident that he will answer those prayers in a way that's best for us and for our families. What is that but great faith given to you, preserved in you by the Holy Spirit, working through the gospel and the sacraments? See, I firmly believe that God has given you and me great faith. Okay, now what? Recognize it. Live in that faith. Share that great faith with others. Give thanks for that faith. Then will Jesus not only be amazed at our great faith, but according to his will and what is best, he'll say similar words like this to us. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go. Let it be done just as you, as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Faith builders, you too can have and do have a great faith. Amen.